Welcome, everybody. This is Joseph Robinson, and you are listening to The Antithesis. I wanted to say thank you again to my brother, Percy Scott. Again, uh, he is the guy that created that uh, musical intro for me. So I appreciate you, brother. I'm always going to give you a shout-out. Um, also, uh, please uh, follow him on his Instagram. That's P underscore dot underscore Scott. You can message him. Uh, you can book him as a DJ for some events. I'm not sure. You know, I know with COVID going on, there's a lot of things that are being, uh, you know, um, put on hold. So, uh, but anyway, hopefully you can use his, utilize his services in some way. Uh, he's a great guy and uh, definitely utilizes talent. So, but uh, thank you for that. But uh, up until now, we have been talking about a better path to love. And um, we really haven't really gotten to what real love is. We've talked about some things. We talked about uh, up until now uh, selfish love, and uh, we've had a good understanding of that. Selfish love, self-centered love, uh, narcissism, um, in the way that we look at ourselves and, and, and our lives. We've also talked about the path to love, love's conduit, which is God's discipline for us. And we also know that when we discipline the people that we love, like our children and, and things, and, and ourselves as well, we are showing ourselves that we really love ourselves in a proper way. We're showing our children that we love them in a, in a proper way because we are teaching them a path that's going to create uh, just a, a myriad of blessings and favor and honor to, you know, to just flow in their lives. And so when we begin to understand that God disciplines us like that as well, and we stop trying to run away from that, we stop trying to shirk that, um, we begin to see, and again, God's, God's love begins to reveal itself to us, and we can start to really walk in his, in his footsteps, in his direction. So we've talked about these things, but this episode, this last episode of the series, um, I'm going to be talking about some things about real love, and we're going to be touching on um, other types of love in the Greek, uh, the Greek language, and finally the, the real love, true authentic love that comes from no one else and nowhere else but God himself. And so um, I look forward to, to kind of talking about this. So one thing that we kind of uncovered is that <laughs> some of the confusion about when we talk about selfish love, because um, some of that confusion comes from just not understanding the differences between languages. See, when, when the Bible was written in, um, you know, the New Testament, it was written in, in Greek. Okay, so Greek scholars, they, they wrote these, uh, these scriptures down, and this is this is the you know the language that we that we understand, um, and this is the language of the New Testament. And so when you hear different types, when you hear you know, the word love, we only have one one word for love. It's just love. So we only understand love in context, and so it it prevents us a lot of times from understanding what type of love we're actually talking about. 
So that, that fact alone causes a breakdown in comprehension. Um, and people are asking, you know, the question that people are asking is that, well, you know, what are you saying? Are you saying that I'm not supposed to love myself, <laughs> right? And I'm telling you right now that is exactly, is totally not what I'm saying. I say no a thousand times no, but we do need to do a little bit of digging to see how God and the Bible has called us to live and called us to love ourselves and other people, okay? So one thing that we have to understand is that there was actually five expressions of love, five different expressions of love that are talked about in the Greek, okay? So let's talk about the one that we kind of pulled out from Second Timothy, Second Timothy chapter 3. Second Timothy chapter 3, remember, it says that, and it says that, and know this, that in the last days there shall come perilous or terrible times. Okay, so this is from the first podcast. There will become come perilous and terrible times. For men shall be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, evil speakers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unkind, and the list goes on. The list goes on. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but the list goes on of how the behaviors and the mindsets were going to change and um, start veering towards a, a different path in the last days. And I believe that we are seeing that. We are seeing the last of the last um, because of what's going on in our society, what's going on in our world. Um, it's, it's very evident the symptoms that are going on. And so, but I want to ask you, you know, what does that mean? That's that first portion, it says they'll become lovers of themselves. What does that actually mean, lovers of themselves? Well, if you do a word study, and it's so important when you're reading the Bible, it's so important to do, a, do word studies to understand what the author is trying to they're trying to give to you. He's trying to get to you. He's trying. They're they're trying to relay a message. And unless you understand what words they're using, sometimes you'll miss it. And so there's a lot of beauty that you that you miss when you don't go back and go to a concordance to see, okay, what word is it, are they saying? And, and look up the meaning of the word because there's a lot of treasure there. A lot of treasure there. And so. That, that Greek word says lovers of themselves. It says the, the, the word that, uh, uh, in the Greek that's used is philantos. Philantos. P-H-I-L-A-U-T-O-S. Philantos. And it actually means selfishness. It means lover of own self. It says, it actually means this. It says to intent on one's own well-being or self-interest. Ah. See, this is not talking about a healthy love. This is not talking about a, a love and, a, and a admiration that's healthy. It's talking about too intent. Too intent on one's own well-being or self-interest. 
That's what we're talking about. That's what we're talking about when they say lovers of themselves. This is not a healthy love. Okay? So, this is the, this is not the type of love that gives us freedom. Okay? It doesn't lead us to freedom. It leads us to actual bondage. It actually leads to bondage. You're a slave to yourself, to your own self-interest. You're not free to to love people the way that, that you're supposed to love. You're not free to express yourself to other people in a way that you that you could. Because when you are in a relationship where you are able to express true love to to people, see that's that's it brings so much joy. It brings so much joy when you when you're able to do that. But when you're not able to do that, there's a lot of pain that comes with that. And so this is not the love that leads to freedom. It's, it's actually the, the love that leads to bondage, self-imposed bondage. And you know, and, and a lot of people don't even know that that that's, that it even exists. <laughs> they don't understand that they are they're even in it. So it's also where self-preservation supersedes everyone else around you, <laughs> right? These, these statements where you say, I'm choosing myself. I'm choosing me. I'm choosing myself. And it's not a statement saying I'm choosing myself just to love myself. I, it's a statement saying I choose, I'm choosing myself above you instead of you. Choosing to love you, I'm choosing to love myself. So that's philautos, okay? That, that's the meaning of philautos, that, that lovers themselves, that's what it's talking about, okay? The next type of love is called philio. Philio, P-H-I-L-E-O. It actually means a love between friends, family members, and it is the unifying force between people in society. So you ever see a society that's unified, two tribes or whatever coming together, two, you know, um, you know, uh, races of people, whatever it is, two people who are who may be different, or people who are in the same sphere, but they've decided to live in a in a unified kind of kind of uh, kind of atmosphere. That's talking about filio. It's, it's a unified front, and it is between friends, family members, and brothers and sisters. It's, it's actually the word that we get. We got the uh, the the city, the name of the city, Philadelphia. So the, that's why it's called the city of brotherly love. The city of brotherly love. And this love is dedicated to family. It is the bond that cements societies together in peace. So this this type of love isn't flashy, okay? There are there are archives of songs and poetry <laughs> and lyrics dedicated to you know filio. But it is the love that remains steadfast to the establishment of relationships in our lives. So this is family love. This is brotherly love. Okay, this is beautiful. Anytime that you see a family doing well, anytime that you see brothers and sisters and cousins, you know, thriving together. You know, I, I love that when I see family together all the time. 
You know, they're 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 getting together every weekend. They're they're making sure that people are taken care of. You know, any time that somebody has something going on where they're struggling, somebody's going to call them up and say, "Hey, how you doing? You know, do you need anything?" That that's that's brotherly love. That's a beautiful thing. So filio is is uh, is that type of love. Third type of love is something that I've never heard before. <laughs> so I understand it from from a, a cogn- cognitive sense, but I don't. I didn't understand it from, you know, I, I didn't. I just didn't. I I didn't know that this type of love actually existed, and there was a name for it. But there is a a fourth type of love called oh um, called storg. I'm sorry. This is third. I'm sorry. Third type of love called storg, S-T-O-R-G-E, okay? And storg is the love that is a promise of safety. It's, a, it's more of a natural love that, that a mother has for her chicks, right? A mother hen would have for her chicks. A mother would have for her children. It's a more of a natural love. But... Stork has has a lot of different meanings. It has a lot of different um, uh, uses that you can that you can use a lot of different applications. But for the most part, it is a love that is a promise of safety and comfort. It is a promise of safety and comfort. It's consistent. It's reliable. It's that type of love, consistent and reliable from which we derive the simple joys of just accepting people for who they are. Not trying to change them, not trying to manipulate and all these things. Just just the simple joys of accepting people who, uh, for who they are and loving on them. It's the opening of the arms for comfort. It's the deep breath of relief and satisfaction. Storg is coming in from a hard day's work. <laughs> only to realize that your house has been swept clean, the food is on the table, your favorite song is playing, you feel the warmth of, of, of an embrace from, from somebody that you love. That's Storg. That's a beautiful thing, right? And Storg is an encouraging word. It's the encouraging word that lifts you out from your own self-defeatism. And empowers you to press on and knowing that in spite of all the external evidence <laughs> that might be against you, someone believes in you. It's it's a comforting word. I love that. Some of us need that. Some of us need a, uh, somebody to just comfort us sometimes. You know, it's not about brotherly love is not about selfish being selfish it's not about sexual it just we just need somebody to just call us up and just say you know what i believe in you so you you're showing somebody story you're showing them comforting love that's wonderful i think we can all all <laughs> uh learn from that and story is also where you draw out the five love languages that we all share in some form or another Okay, so these are this is as I said, it's a more natural love. Um, and these love languages, of course, are words of affirmation, gift giving, acts of service, quality time, and physical touch. 
there's a really good book called The Five Love Languages, <laughs> and uh, very simple. Uh, highly recommend um, reading that book in its entirety because so many of us have a language of love that, especially in the realm of relationships as far as uh, male and female, husband and wife, um, you know, a lot of times what we do is we express our love in ways that are true for us, but it's not true for the other person that's receiving that love, right? So if I'm a, I'm, I'm a person that receives gifts, I love to receive gifts. That's my love language. I love to receive gifts. I feel loved. I feel, I feel comforted by that. I feel appreciated by that. And I continue to give gifts to my spouse who doesn't really understand love that way. They just understand it from physical touch or quality time. Then we're going to be trying to pour into their love tank something that doesn't work. It's almost like putting a, you know, putting diesel diesel fuel into, you know, just a you know regular regular unleaded gas, you know, a car that just takes unregular unleaded gas, it's not going to work. It's going to malfunction, and we're going to wonder why. Why is this person so upset? Why is this person not not feeling me and and not uh, you know not really receiving my love the way the way they should? Well, you haven't really found the love language that actually speaks to them. So it's a very important that we 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 ask those questions, that we do some digging, that we we research our loved ones to understand what makes them feel loved and appreciated and accepted. And when we do that, we can actually begin to have better relationships and, and, and better outcomes because we know, down to a science, what makes our partner and our children or, or whatever, whatever relationship you're trying to cultivate, we understand how that person ticks and how they are felt uh, how they feel uh, loved and appreciated. So that's that's store. I like store. Um, it's a beautiful expression of love. We also have our fourth option, <laughs> not option, but expression of love. And uh, the fourth expression of love we uh, in, in the grievous is called eros. Eros. Well, well. A lot of us know about this, right? <laughs> so Eros is actually the most talked about, right? It's the most rapped about in the song. It's the most lyricized. It's the most fantasized about. Um, and in our society, we give it the most attention. Eros is passionate love. Uh, it's usually marked by deep desire. Longing, you know, extreme, um, extreme, you know, burning desire, excitement, sexuality. Eros is that excitement of just being with somebody. That that somebody that you love, right? Is that excitement? Is that is that a general adrenaline rush? <laughs> it's the ecstasy of of just a simple kiss on the lips. You know, who who, is, who would think that a simple kiss on the lips would be so intoxicating, right? Just a kiss. And we'll have some people, you know, shaking at the, at the knees, right? This is Eros. Um, but finally we come to something that is 
totally in a league of its own. <laughs> because really, this love isn't bound by our humanity. It isn't bound by our human frailties and inconsistencies. See, other loves are. The other expressions of love, they're bound to our human frailties and inconsistencies. But this is love divine, right? So much so that the divine father of spirits defines his own self, his nature, the very fabric of his being by this type of love. And this love is agape love. And this agape love is him. And he is agape love. It's, it's the type of love that holds the world together and is all by the word of his power. It's a, because it said that God is love, right? Now, you know what that means, right? So that means that the very fabric of reality and the ages and the ages to come are upheld by the word of love. See, if this love didn't, didn't exist, the very fabric of reality, so we, we don't understand that. So you have to understand the scriptures to really understand that the very fabric of reality is held up by the word of his power. Well, who is he? He said that he is love. He is agape. It's the most powerful force in the universe, this love. And did you know, I dare say, that apart from this, apart from this agape love, no other love can exist. Every other form of love is doomed to fail. Let me say that again. Every other expression of love that we understand and know is doomed to fail without this love. You know, filio, that brotherly family love, <laughs> that can turn to hatred overnight. That's reality. The love of brothers and sisters and mothers and fathers when disconnected from agape love, will turn into chaos. It will turn into domestic abuse. We've seen that. Lawsuits. <laughs> you know, my mom is a is a uh, an attorney, and to this day, I know that she is stunned and and in awe of the the things that family members are willing to do to each to each other when money's on the line when pride is on the line, when all these things are on the line, and agape love has ceased to exist within that sphere, man, it's amazing what family members are capable of doing to one another. Actually, actually doing worse things to, to one another than someone on the outside who doesn't really even care about them. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. So, that love can't exist without agape. Philanto's world, we already talked about that. That's already selfish love. <laughs> now, that's already naturally uninterested in making 
any other uh, other person or their lives priority because it's all about me. It's it's about me, 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 me. I'm consumed by my own self-interest. That's all I can think about. And it's this kind of love that our world is saying yes to. It's saying that we need to promote. Yes, yes, yes. And it's all this self-love. Self-love, self-love, self-love. But it totally gets, that's totally disconnected from what's real. Totally disconnected. Stored, well, I mean, that can be flipped upside down, can't it? That, that comfort, comforting love, I'm telling you, it can turn to discomfort very quickly. <laughs> it can be manipulated where the only reason why you're doing anything to to figure out their love language, to figure out the person, you know, to, to, to figure out how they tick, is because you want what you want. You're trying to get what you need. Uh, let me get her this. Let me get her these flowers. Let me get these child. Let me let me do this and that so I can yes, I can slip in. I can I can try to get what I want, right? Ah. Okay. That warmth, that that reliability, that consistency, without agape becomes obsolete. And arrows, oh man. <laughs> well, we know what arrows can do, right? We know what arrows can do, man. What kind of damage arrows can do when it's not confined to a loving, committed marriage relationship? It means 15 minutes of deep passion and desire and pleasure that leads to to the conception of a generation of children who don't even know and will never know the influence and the power of a father in their lives. My God. It can become deviant, turning little girls and boys into targets of rape and molestation, Sex trafficking has become a multi-billion dollar industry. A symptom of eros unbridled, uncontrolled. Oh yeah, without without the agape, without agape, man, eros is 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 a powerful tool for destruction. It's a powerful tool for destruction. And when we fail to incline our hearts and our ears, see, every other love, when, when, when it's disconnected, every other love becomes an aberration. It becomes a departure from the glory of the original. It becomes a departure of the glory of the original. See, agape is glorious. It's glorious. It's beautiful. It cannot be stopped. It's unstoppable. So let's talk about the real thing for a minute. I'm going to read a, a few scriptures here, but let's, let's really dig deep into really the only love there really is. John 13 and 35 through, no, 34 through 35 says, A new commandment. This is Jesus speaking. A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another. As I have loved you, you are also to love one another. This is agape. For by this, by this agape love, shall all men know 
not just Christians. You see, you know what? One of the reasons why the church has been so powerless to affect change in our society is because we have not expressed this agape love to one another. We haven't expressed it to the world. Most of the people that I've ever talked to that have left the church have said it's because those people are legalistic, because those people don't, don't, don't love me, they don't understand me, they judge me, I want out. And because of that, because we failed as a church, as God's body, to show and express this agape love, this unconditional love, people have just been run away. The taste for it has just out of their mouth. They just say, I'm, I'm done. I don't want to be a part of this. And it's understandable. But Jesus said, but by this agape love, by this love, if you were chilled this love to one another, all men would know that ye are my disciples if you have want love one for another. Wow. They wouldn't they there wouldn't be any question. Are you a Christian? No, there wouldn't there wouldn't be any question. They would know who you are. Because this love is so different from what the world <laughs> is doing. It's so different. It's foreign. It's alien, even. It's alien. It's not of this world. We, we call things that are not of this world alien, right? It is alien. It really is. It doesn't come from us. It comes from God himself. Now, Mark 12, 28 through 31 says this. says, Now, one of the scribes had come up and heard their debates. This is Jesus debating with the scribes. Noting how well Jesus had answered them, he asked him, which commandment is the most important of all? Jesus replied, this is the most important. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord with all of your, you know, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind with all your strength. And the second is this. Love your neighbor as as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. You know, this is the reason why we don't even talk about the 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 old commandments anymore, the 10 commandments. We don't have even have to talk about that anymore. We don't have to abide by the Ten Commandments anymore because he said a new, Jesus said to his disciples, a new commandment I do I give unto you, that you love one another. And if you would love this way, then you would never break any of the commandments, right? If you really walked in love, you'd never tell a lie on somebody. If you were walking in love, you would never talk about anybody behind their back, Right? You wouldn't be a gossip. If you were really walking in love, you wouldn't cheat on your husband. You wouldn't cheat on your wife. See, this is this is the thing. When we're walking in love, in real love, we will fulfill every work that God has commanded us to work. 
I want you to notice something <clears throat> in these scriptures. And I don't have time to go over every single scripture, but I want you to notice something in these passages of scripture. Notice that he said, love your neighbor as yourself. I want you to see that there is no example in the Bible that ever talks about you loving yourself apart from loving others. There is no example in Scripture. There is no example that even that Christ even even gave. Not not just saying, but even in his the way he lived his life, there is no way that you can see in the Bible that there is an example where you're loving yourself apart from loving others. You see why? Because love is supposed to be given. The primary attribute of love is giving, not just holding back, not just saying it's for me and being selfish about it. No, the primary act of love is giving. And in the Bible, it never, yes, you are supposed to love yourself. Yes, love yourself. Love yourself in the agape love. You know what, if, if people would, 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 would really take that on, this agape love is so much bigger. Oh, my gosh, it's so much bigger than the self-love that these gurus are talking about and, and these, all these self-help people are talking about and, and celebrities and all. It's so much bigger than that. It's, it's, I mean, just it's monumentous what the Bible talks about, because if you were to really love yourself the way God has, has called you to love yourself, you would identify with him. And if you identify with him, God said that he has made you the head, not the tail. He has made you above only and never beneath. He said that he's seated you, people who know who know Christ, who have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, seated you in heavenly places with Christ. And made you an heir unto God, a co-heir with Jesus Christ. Reigning, you're supposed to be reigning and ruling. Romans chapter 5 verse 17 talks about that we ought to be reigning in life by the one Jesus Christ. See, it's, it's way bigger, man. It, it, it's, it goes beyond just, just, this, this, you know, little, you know, just taking care of yourself and doing all this kind of stuff. Yeah, those, are, those, those things are great. And you know what? Take care of yourself. Take care of yourself. Take yourself out some time. If somebody's not going to take you out, take yourself out some time. Buy yourself something. Don't be that person that doesn't do anything for themselves. I've been there. I've been there. I've been that guy that didn't do anything for himself and didn't value myself. But you know what? When I began to take on the identity of Christ and what he said about me, that's when you, you put on an attitude of a victor, of a conqueror. I'm not all, all, all there yet, <laughs> right? I'm still cooking. But I'm telling you, my mentality has got, gone leaps and bounds. And I'm developing a, a mentality of a conqueror because of who I am in Christ. When you identify with that love, it goes far beyond this superficial love that the world is promoting. 
But as I said, it's always connected. It's always connected to someone, to, to someone else, to loving someone else. That's a beautiful thing. And you know why? You know what? This, this love, it actually really is the reason why you'll never just be cooped up in your house all day. See, this love compels you. It compels you. You know, I, I, I'm the type of person that I do recharge in, in seclusion. I do. I do. Um, I grew up with a with a dad uh, <laughs> whom I love, man, a really good father. Um, but I kind of am, am the same way as him, man. Like uh, he'd always tell me, man, like, I, I just I just can't stand you know people that talk too much. And I kind of grew up that way. And it's funny, the Lord has given me a daughter who probably talks the most that I've ever, I've ever known of anybody that I've ever met in my life. And the great thing about it is that she likes to talk to me all the time. She loves to come into my room. She loves to talk to me, Dad. Talk to Daddy. Let's talk to Daddy about everything. Everything that's on your mind, let's talk, 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 talk. And my first inclination is to be like, oh, my gosh, like, I, this is this is uncomfortable, you know, all this talking. <laughs> but God gave me this daughter, this beautiful, beautiful treasure, beautiful blessing from God for a reason. Because, you know what, love compels you. It gets you out of your own comfort zone and compels you to love and to be someone that reaches out to people, calls people, checks up on people. Now, you may recharge in seclusion, but agape love will never leave you there. It will never leave you there. You will become a vessel of giving, whether that be advice, money, time, That's a beautiful thing. And the truth is, is that we cannot properly love anyone else or ourselves without this kind of love. Let's look at some of the characteristics of agape. I can't, I can't rightly talk about this type of love without going to the scriptures, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'm, I'm going to read a few verses of this, this chapter to give you some characteristics. What is this love like? If we're supposed to love like this, and this is the way that, that true love actually exists, because it is foreign, because it's not of this world, because it's not human, it is divine, we need to study this. Because really, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense to the human mind, this kind of love, unless you meditate on it, unless you renew your mind to this. So let's do a little bit of renewing. It says from verse, this is from verse 4 of chapter 13, 1 Corinthians, I'm sorry. It says, love endures with patience and sincerity. Love endures. 
another another uh, another version, and this is the amplified version. Another version that says that love suffers long, and it is kind. Suffers long. A lot of folks don't want to suffer with folks. <laughs> you know, if I'm in a relationship and I'm suffering, and I'm not getting what I want, and I'm suffering. I don't want to get out. But love says, real love, it says, I endure patiently and with sincerity. I suffer long and I'm kind. Love is kind and thoughtful. It is not jealous or in this. You can't be a jealous person and walk in love. Love does not brag. It's not proud or arrogant. Man, when we have a, do we have a generation of boasters? Oh, I'm this, I'm that. We have a whole generation of just boasters, man. And, and to the fact, man, you, you go to somebody and just say, oh, man, you look so nice today. I know. I mean, just, just <laughs> have you ever done that before? Gone up and just giving somebody a compliment? I know. Just like, wow, you know, like just, you know, can you just accept the compliment without saying you know? See, that's not love. Love doesn't brag. It's not proud. It's not arrogant. It isn't rude. See, you can speak the truth. Some people they they want to speak the truth and they just want to say, you know, I'm going to be, I'm just going to be me. I'm going to speak my truth and I'm just going to, you know, people are just going to have to, to live with it. And you know what? To an extent, I like that because what it does is. It gives you freedom from what people think about you. But at the same time, love isn't rude. So we are called to speak the truth in love, not to speak the truth. So if it's rude, it's not love. Right? And you're not being used by God. You're not being used as a vessel to bring change and, and, and transformation and, and you're not being used like that. You're just you're just rude. <laughs> but said love says I'm not rude. Love says I'm not self seeking. Wow. I'm not self seeking. It's not about me. It's about the other person. Love says I'm not provoked. Or overly sensitive and easily angered. We don't jump to conclusions. Someone who's who's walking in love, you're not going to jump to conclusions. You're not just going to jump into a fight. You're not going to be you're not going to be provoked or overly sensitive or angered. It does not take into account a record of wrong. Oh man. That's a big one. That's a big one. How many of you have said, you know what, I'm going to forgive that person, but I will never forget, and I will never allow this person to do this and this and that. Now, now there's, there, is, there is a balance to this. If somebody is maybe physical, physically abusive or that your life is in danger or, or I mean, there, there are some uh, some issues and some some situations where you really do need to separate yourself from people because your life is in danger. There's there's something that's, that's something that's going on. 
you, you may have to separate yourself from that person because you were actually in mortal danger. But most of the time, that's not the case. Most of the time, it's just that, hey, I might forgive them. And you say that you forgive them, but I'll never forget what they did. I'll never let it go. But do you know that, that love, agape love, forgives and forgets? True love forgives and forgets. How do I know that? Isaiah chapter chapter 43, verse 25, and this is God saying, I said, and God saying this, it says, I, even I, am he that blotteth out thine transgressions for mine own sake, and I will not remember thy sins. You know, God is really the only person in the universe who has the right to hold our sins against us, and he doesn't. He's the only one that has the right to remember our sins because he's holy, and he doesn't. He will forgive your sins and remember them no more. It's like it never happened. As far as the east is from the rest, he has removed your transgressions from you. If you're in Christ Jesus, he'll just forgive you. Boom. He'll just forgive you. Praise God, man. And we're called to love that, that way. Somebody says, well, I can't love that way. There's no way I can love that way. Romans chapter 5 tells us that the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts. If you're a Christian, you can love that way. If you're out in the world, the only love that you have is the world's love. That's the only kind of love that you have access to. And that's why there are so many problems probably in your, your relationships and so many problems in, in, in the way that you, that you look at yourself and in your life, in your emotional life, in your mental life. All these things are, 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 ha- are probably happening because the only access that you have is the, worldly, and the, is the world's type of love. You don't have access to this love. I pray that you would know Jesus for yourself and so that you can gain access to this love, this divine love that where you, you have the ability to love like this. You do. So any Christian, anybody that's accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and they say they can't love, you don't know who you are. You don't know that you can forgive and forget and just let it go as if it never happened, and continue to love that person that hurts you, that mistreated you, that abandoned you, that whatever, whatever they did, you can just love them and forgive them and forget it. Man, that's, that's powerful, and that's joy, man. It brings you freedom, true freedom, to be free from that stuff. It says it does not rejoice in injustice, but it rejoices in the truth. Some folks, (laughs) some people are calling themselves Christians out there, and they're saying that they're rejoicing in the fact that when someone loses their life and the person, the culprit that 
that came in that came by and took that person's life. They are saying that they're oh, they're okay with that and they celebrate it. There are people that say that they're Christians, and this is the, the situation: somebody gets and gets their life taken, the culprit gets away, and they celebrate about that. Love doesn't do that. Anybody that belongs to love, anybody that belongs to God does not do that. They don't rejoice in the justice. You enjoy rejoicing the truth. Where right and truth prevail, love bears all things. It believes all things, looking for the best in every single one. It hopes all things, steadfast, during difficult times, and it endures all things without weakening. Love never fails. You know, if we were be, if we would be honest with ourselves, if we would be really honest with ourselves, we would come to the realization that if our relationships failed, if our family failed, If, you know, a relationship between coworkers or business partners failed because of tension, of strife, or whatever it is, it was because we weren't really walking in love. Love wasn't really there. We say that we love each other, but if the relationships that you're in fail, it really wasn't love. Because the Bible says that love never fails. It goes a distance. It goes a distance. One last thing. Um, and truly, it, it is such a short excerpt of, of love and, and what it really is. Because real, truly, we're going to be mining the depths of God's love for eternity. From age to age, we're going to still be mining. See, see, eternity is not long enough for us to mine the depths of God's love. It's, we're going to be doing it for the rest of eternity from age to age. But I want to point out something. There's two, there's two uh, prayers that I pray every single day. Pretty much every single day I pray these two prayers. Um, pretty much without fail. There's some, there's some days that I don't. And ever since I've prayed, been praying these prayers, the Lord, I'm telling you, man, the Lord has been showing me things and revealing things to me that I never saw, that I never knew. And I encourage you to pray these prayers as well. One of the prayers, both of them are out of Ephesians. The first one is, is uh, chapter, uh, chapter 1, and this is Paul praying for the Ephesians. It says, it says that he, pray, he was praying that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened. And they would know the hope of his calling, what the, and the riches of the glory of his inheritance is in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ, having raised him from the dead, and had set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. And the second one is in chapter 3. I want you to pay close attention to this. I want you to pay close attention to this. 
It says, for this cause, starting in, in uh, verse 14, for this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of, uh, of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family, because it's a family, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he might give to you according to the riches of his glory, with might to be strengthened through his spirit in regard to the inner man that the Christ may dwell through the faith in your hearts, in love, having been rooted and grounded, that you may be, be strengthened to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the depth, the height, and to know the love of the Christ that is exceeding knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. I don't think that we've really understood the scripture, guys. I don't think that anybody who's ever read these scriptures has really comprehended everything that is saying. It says that he, would, he was praying that you would know the love of Christ that is exceeding the knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. I'm, I've never seen anybody walking this earth with, you know, filled with all the, all the fullness of God. But if he's praying this, I'm assuming that it's possible. But listen to this. This is why we need to study words. To know the love of Christ that exceeds knowledge. How can you know something that exceeds knowledge? How can you know something? That doesn't make any sense, does it? So we need to do a word study and figure out what this means. This is actually saying that he's praying that you would know the love of Christ. That first know means to know intimately, deeply, intimately. And that this knowledge would go past this that you would know the love of Christ that it goes that it goes exceeds the knowledge, which means scientific knowledge. There's two different words that he's using. This knowledge that he's praying for is a intimate knowledge of Christ and his love, and it would it would supersede just a a scientific knowledge that just like a mental ascension. I, you can mentally ascend that yes, that God is love, you know, God loves me, Christ loves me, all this kind of stuff. You can just mentally ascend to that and just get it and just say, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm loved. Okay, God loves me. But you know what? There's a love that goes beyond knowledge. There's a love that goes beyond really knowing. And if you would know it, if you would understand it intimately, that you could be filled, I could be filled Whoever knows this knowledge can be filled with all the fullness of God. I'm talking about walking in power, walking in authority, walking in riches and honor. But we don't do that. We, 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 don't, we don't take the time a lot of times to really know the love of Christ, which is the agape love, so that we might be filled with all the fullness of God. I'm telling you, it is the love it is a love that the world needs. It's a love that, that I'm telling you, that everybody, individual, if we knew, it would turn everything around. Agape love, it is really, truly the only love that really matters. And every other love exists and it's stabilized 
by this true love, the love of Christ. I want to say thank you, guys, for for tuning in. Um, And uh, shout out again to my wife. Uh, Listen to her. um, Oh, go to her blog at uh, Listen Up and Read. Uh, My sister, check her out, Deanna Dyer. Uh, I'm sorry, my wife is is Anna Anna, uh, Simmons-Robinson. Deanna Dyer, check her out at Dyer Girl Takes World, her blog, and also my brother-in-law, Brian Simmons. You can uh, listen to his music at uh, Brian C. Simmons on Keys on Spotify. So love you guys. God bless you. Again, this is Joseph Robinson, and you have been listening to The Antithesis.